violence. And I'm grateful for that, that phrase, especially as there is a lot of chaos going on in this world, isn't there? And there's a lot of chaos going on in your life, isn't there? How many of you had a tough, tough week and could not have survived it without God and his peace? And so we are praying for God's peace in our lives today. Have you ever struggled with a big decision in your life? One that, uh, as you struggled, was very stressful? Maybe making a big move, a job change, financial decisions? And in the midst of the big decisions, the stress. Oh, the stress. I remember when we were pastoring a church uh, in Skagit County. We were making our move to Centralia. Oh, the stress, the big decisions. I'll tell you more about that story at the end of our time here together. But I also want to tell you about a big decision that I needed to make as working as a nurse, very successful in a, a job as a registered nurse in a hospital. Cleburne, Texas, loved my job, loved my coworkers, was making all sorts of crazy money as a single person. And then that call came to become a Bible worker. Do you know how much Bible workers make? They don't make very much. And oh, to be a single person and a Bible worker, not making a whole lot of money. But clearly, God was calling me to be a Bible worker in Tampa, Florida. My father thought I was crazy. You're going to do what? You spent all those years studying to be a nurse, working as a nurse, and now you're going to do what? And how are you going to survive? And many of my friends wondered what I was doing, moving all the way from Texas to Florida. But wouldn't you know that when Jesus is the motive behind your decision, wouldn't you know that when Jesus is the purpose and the reason for your decisions, you experience peace. So when I get to Florida, I find my accommodations and I start working as a Bible worker. People wanted to pay me to share Jesus Christ with others. I found a great amount of peace in doing that work. And it's through that process, the three years of being a Bible worker in Tampa, Florida, that I realized that God actually was calling me to a full-time ministry of sharing Jesus Christ. I needed peace in that whole decision-making. And when Jesus is in the midst of those decisions, you will find peace. But you experience a lot of chaos, even with your health problems, right? Uh, it seems like when we get to a certain age, that's all we ever talk about is our aches and pains. I remember experiencing gout. Any, anybody ever had an experience with gout, all right? <laughs> Brother, you know what I'm talking about. I experienced gout. Uh, it can be a part of lifestyle, but it's also genetic. My father suffered with gout and was on medication for gout. Is there peace when you are experiencing an, a, a gout crisis? There is no peace. Nothing can touch those parts of your body that are experiencing gout. For me, it was in my big toe. 
you couldn't even put a, a, a sheet, a blanket on my toes. I, I couldn't sleep. There was no peace. Maybe you've uh, experienced that type of pain and stress with your arthritis or maybe with your migraine attacks, maybe your back problems, or how about the chaos and the non-peace that you're experiencing when you cannot catch your breath and you're experiencing an asthma attack? How many of you have needed peace in the midst of your crisis? Some would say that peace is when there is no conflict, when there is no stress, Peace is when there is no pain. So peace is a lack of maybe conflict, a lack of stress, lack of pain. Maybe peace is a quiet confidence. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, meaning completeness or soundness. It can be the well-being of a total person. In the Old Testament, peace can be conveyed as to when someone is following the law of God. Peace sometimes is suggested as a sense of security or contentment. It can even be attached to the prosperity or even the absence of war. Peace. Peace in the New Testament can be described as an inner tranquility and the demeanor of one who trusts in Jesus. Peace can then be harmony with God. So, for you, church family, do you have peace today? If not, what troubles you? What is it in your life that troubles you? What makes you afraid? What makes you anxious? Where is the peace of God in your life? So I invite you to open your Bibles to John, John chapter 14. Thank you for the scripture reading, Joe, for that. John chapter 14, this is Jesus. He is dealing with a troubled time, troubled time of history. Wouldn't you know he's heading to the cross and he knows exactly where he's going. He's supposed to die on the cross. And so he's addressing this problem for his disciples, for, for the, his, uh, his followers. He's preparing his disciples for the pinnacle of history, the sacrifice of himself on the cross. This will be a disturbing time, and his disciples will experience a variety of stress, a variety of emotions, negative emotions. Jesus does not want their hearts to be troubled. He desires for them to experience peace. So John chapter 14, verse 27, let's read it again. John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He wants to leave them. He wants to leave with those who believe with him, those who follow him. He wants to leave them peace. He wants to make a 
deposit in their lives? How many of you use direct deposit? And magically, whether it's twice a month or once a month, something gets deposited into your bank account. And when you see that it's there, do you smile? And maybe for a fleeting moment, there is peace because you have money to pay the bills. But then the next day, you have to pay all the bills. And where does all the peace go? Jesus wants to make a deposit in your life. Now, what would happen if you walked out of worship services today and you looked into your bank account and he made a large deposit? Would that uh, accompany that large deposit with a sense of peace? Right? What would happen if you walked out of worship services today and he deposited peace into your life? What would your life begin to look like and what would it begin to feel like if the Lord were to deposit peace into your life? The peace that Jesus offers is whose peace? It's his peace. Now, how does Jesus obtain peace? How does he get peace that he can pass it on to you? What are some possibilities that Jesus can obtain peace? Maybe being one with the Father can bring peace. What do you think? When you are in harmony with somebody else, do you have peace? Yes. Joe, when you and Rosetta have a peace, it's probably because you're in harmony with one another. Could it be that Jesus has peace because he's one with the Father. How about this? Can Jesus have peace because he trusts in God, the Father? Maybe when we have complete trust in God, we too can have peace. That when we're not trusting in God, that we're beginning to experience non-peace, chaos, problems. Anxiety, pain. Maybe Jesus is experiencing peace because he's fulfilling his purpose. What do you think? That when we are in line with the purpose that God has given to us, we begin to experience peace. So this peace that Jesus is wanting to leave and deposit into your life is peace that he already has. And he has it with an abundance He wants to share it with you. He wants you to be in harmony with God. He wants you to be in harmony with him. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to fulfill purpose in your life that you too can experience this peace. This peace is nothing like the peace that you would find in the world, right? The peace that the world gives, fake peace. Wouldn't you agree? The world gives fake peace. There is limitations to the peace that the world tries to give. The peace that we find in the world is an imitation. It's temporary. It runs out. And it can even cause more problems. We are constantly finding ourselves pursuing peace. But only as the world would give. And it's 
an imitation. It's fake peace. It's fleeting. It disappears. But the true peace can only come through Jesus Christ. This peace that Jesus talks about is prophesied. It's been prophesied previously. And so in your Bibles, turn just a few pages to Luke. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we have here Zacharias. Zacharias happens to be the father of John the Baptist. And they're related to Jesus. And Jesus isn't born yet, but there's this prophecy about the coming Messiah, Jesus. Zacharias already is a father to a newborn baby, John, later to become John the Baptist. And during this time, God gives Zacharias a prophecy. So drop down to Luke chapter 1, verse 79. It's talking about the coming of Messiah. Messiah is to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of what? Peace. This Messiah is to guide your feet into the way of peace. I, I liken it back to that time where God was calling me to become that Bible worker. This drastic career change from a registered nurse to a Bible worker. I needed God to guide my feet. And when he does, guess what? Peace is going to be there. This peace that Jesus talks about is prophesied. And Jesus, Messiah, wants to guide your way into peace. Turn just maybe even just a page to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Here we have the story of, of the, the birth of Jesus, the Christmas story. And out in the fields are shepherds are tending their flocks. And what interrupts their work at night is what? Angels, right? Luke chapter 2, verse 14. And here's what those, the host of angels say. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The angels are declaring to all the heavens and including those shepherds in the field that peace was to come on earth through the baby Jesus. This is profound peace. Maybe peace is actually embodied in the person and deity of Jesus Christ. And that wherever he is, there is peace. And perhaps during this Christmas season, you lack peace, especially the peace that comes from Jesus. Maybe this Christmas you can hear, hear for for the first time, or maybe a renewed time, the angels declaring all of the hosts of heaven saying, peace on earth, goodwill toward you. Maybe you can hear the angels singing a little bit differently this Christmas because you need peace through Jesus Christ. Turn now to Romans, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, Paul is writing to the believers in Rome. And here's what we're talking about when we say that 
peace comes through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with who? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Paul is saying, hey, look, you want peace? Have faith in Jesus Christ. Have faith in his life, his death, his resurrection. And when you have been justified by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, when you have been justified, made right, you will have peace with who? With God. You will have harmony with God. You will be right with God. How many of you need to, be, me, me, need to make it right with God this morning? Oh, yes. Already, right? It's just been a few hours of this day. We already need to make, make it right with God. And when you have been justified, when he has justified you by faith, you will have peace with God. You are forgiven. You have been acquitted. Welcome to peace. Paul writes that since you are saved by faith in Jesus Christ, you can have peace. True peace comes from accepting by faith the sacrifice of Jesus. After all, he went to the cross for you, didn't he? He is the peace of our lives. Let's continue on with Paul's writings in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, Paul's writing to believers in Philippi. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God with which surpasses what? All understanding. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will do what? Wow. Wow. If you ever wanted your heart and your mind to be guarded, if you want your children's hearts and minds to be guarded, if you want the members of your family's hearts and minds to be guarded, have the peace of God in your life. God's peace passes all understanding, right? It surpasses. It guards your hearts. In some versions, it says transcends. When God's peace transcends or surpasses, what is it doing? When something transcends or surpasses, it goes above and beyond. God's peace goes above and beyond all of your chaos, all of your anxiety, all of your stress. God's peace transcends. And God's peace guards your hearts. It guards your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you want this gift of peace in your life? Do you want it deposited into your life? Amen. Yes. Colossians chapter 3. Just the next book over. Colossians chapter 3. Once again, Paul is writing. He likes to write about peace. Peace and grace to you, he writes. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Paul is describing a new person in Jesus Christ. You can that whole passage here, verses 12 through 17. Somebody who is a new person in Jesus Christ is like these things. And part of that description is this peace. Watch this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God do what? Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Paul says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. If you want to let something rule in your hearts, what is it doing? What is it doing when something is ruling your heart? It's taking over. There's really nothing else in your heart if something is ruling your heart. Have you ever let anxiety rule your heart? Uh, yes. Right? Have you, how many of you have ever let anger rule your heart? Yeah. Have you ever let the peace of God rule your heart? Or maybe you've never let the peace of God rule your heart. And today, you would like to accept that gift for the first time, the gift of peace, to rule your if it's ruling your heart, there's nothing else that anything can do to disturb your peace, right? Have you ever had somebody steal your peace before? Maybe it was your neighbor with a loud noise, right? Has somebody ever violated your peace? Yeah? We need God's peace to rule our hearts to guide our hearts and minds and to be impervious to the attacks of evil, the devil, in our lives. Let's turn now to the Old Testament, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 32. Old Testament scripture on peace, Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. God is reigning over his people, and he's saying that, hey, look, if you trust in me, my peace will be with you. So Isaiah chapter 32, 32, verse 17. The work of righteousness will be peace. God's righteous work will be peace. And the effect of righteousness is what? Quietness and assurance forever. Hey, if you want peace, you want the righteousness, the righteous works of God in your life, in our land, and apparently a manifestation, a, a, a result of God's peace is quietness and assurance forever. Just yesterday, I suffered a migraine. Can anybody, can anybody understand migraine pains? Well, we have people like this, right? We were practicing <laughs> for the Christmas program. Today, at 4 o'clock, by the way, our school Christmas program, please come back and enjoy 
wonderful music. In the midst of practicing for the Christmas program, I was suffering a migraine head. I mean, it was a sharp pain. I, I really felt like if you put a nail to my head, it would f- have felt better, right? People who suffer with migraines love um, a different type of pain, right? Just to relieve you from that intense pain that's happening. I wanted to throw up. In fact, I wish that I could have thrown up. I, I really believe that if I had thrown up, I would have felt better. And I just needed peace. So after practice, what did I do? Mrs. Williams, I went home, and I just wanted quietness, right? I laid down. I just wanted peace, quiet. Um, I wanted it dark because I, I, I couldn't see. I couldn't focus. Uh, every time that I would open my eyes for an extended period of time, tears would just come uh, flowing out and, and out of my face. And I, I just wanted it dark. I laid down. I wanted peace and quiet. And I covered my eyes. Over a period of time, God relieved me of that migraine. Wouldn't you believe? I experienced peace after a few moments. Quietness and assurance are the effects of God's peace in your life. I started out at the beginning talking about how we lived in Cedro Woolly. Believe it or not, there is a town called Cedro Woolly. It's in Washington. It's about an hour and a half north of Seattle. This is where my family and I lived while we were an associate, while I was an associate pastor of North Cascade Seventh day Avenue Church. Cedro Woolly, tucked into a beautiful place, tucked into the Skagit Valley along the Skagit River. We were house sitting. For a year, all we had to do was to make sure that the house was kept in order, pay, pay the bills, and we could house sit. And we didn't know for how long. But then comes the call to become a pastor an hour and a half south of Seattle, right? And so we go, we think that this is probably where God is calling us to be the pastor of this church in Centralia. Uh, we go through the interview. Yes, this is what we believe God is calling us to do. So I have to call the landlord and let them know, let him know, we're going we're gonna to have to make this move. So this is going to happen in a few months. And so when we leave, you're probably going to have to find a renter for your house. So I am dreading this call because I don't know. These are good friends of ours. Members of the church are letting us house it. And this is going to disrupt their lives. They're living on the other side of the mountains. And what are they going to do? And I'm stressing out about this. And so finally, I just have to make the phone call. And I call Dave. Dave Green. Dave, wanted to let you know that we believe that God is calling us to go to Centralia, and we can no longer house it for you. And I'm getting ready for um, a little bit of anger and a little bit of frustration. But Dave, here's how he responds. Really? Pastor Ira, I've been praying about this because I didn't know how to kick you out of my house. (laughs) 
apparently when you were going through this whole process of, of uh, interviewing in Centralia, I was interviewing back in Skagit Valley to be an engineer there. And I really didn't know how to kick you out of my house. When God puts things together, right? When we keep Jesus as the motive and purpose of our decisions, he orchestrates things and he brings about peace. Dave didn't kick us out of his house. In fact, he had to move uh, into his house a little bit earlier uh, than expected, and <laughs> he lived under the stairs of his own house. He let us rule the <laughs> top portion of his house while he lived underneath in the basement. Uh, Dave Green have been blessings to us, uh, grateful for godly people like them. When we keep Jesus, the focus of our lives, the reason for making decisions, the purpose and motive behind those decisions, he brings peace. He is the prince of peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. But back to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Jesus heading to the cross. He had just had the last supper with his disciples. They sang that hymn in the upper room and they're, they're uh, making their way back into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. They're, they're wandering their way through vineyards with the light of the moon. And Jesus is taking these last few moments to infuse peace and comfort because he knows that the hearts of his disciples will be troubled. But in the midst of all of that turmoil that they will experience at the cross, he wants to leave for them. He wants to deposit for them peace, not as the world gives, but his peace. Desire of Ages, page 672. His last legacy to them, his disciples, was a legacy of peace. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus knows that you will head into a season of your life where there will be much turmoil and suffering, maybe even pain. He knows that you're in it already. You have loved ones and friends that are suffering and, and you can't have peace because they're not experiencing peace. He knows that you're experiencing these things right now or that you will. He knows that you will lose a loved one. He knows that holidays are a difficult time because loved ones have passed away and yet he desires to deposit into your life he wants to gift to you peace, his peace. Can you imagine Jesus putting into your bank account his peace? Can you imagine Jesus putting into your 
emotional account his peace? Can you imagine Jesus putting into your spiritual account his peace? Can you imagine Jesus putting into your physical account his peace? Lord, I accept your sacrifice on the cross. Grant me, gift me your peace. Would you like to pray that prayer with me today? Can you repeat that with me? Lord, I accept your sacrifice. Gift me your peace. Last verse, Romans chapter 14. Again, Paul writing. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Romans 14, verse 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Paul is saying, pay attention. Pay attention to how you have joined yourself to Jesus Christ. That as he is transforming your life, as he is leading in your life, Pursue things that lead to peace. How many times have you caught yourself saying and doing things that do not lead, lead to peace? Maybe that, that word of criticism, maybe those phrases of anger, Maybe it was your body language, your demeanor. Maybe it was your tone of voice. Maybe it was my tone of voice that led to anger and more division. Paul is saying that as a Christ follower, as a lover of Jesus Christ, pursue things, pursue words, pursue actions that lead to Peace. Church family, the only way that you can do that is to first receive the gift of peace through Jesus Christ. This is encouraging, right? This is good news that we need to live and receive and share with other people. Pay attention to your criticism. Pay attention to sarcasm. That's a whole sermon series right there, sarcasm. Pay attention to your body language, your, your tone of voice, your volume. Do say things that lead to peace. That's the Christian conduct. The gift, the gift of peace this December, one must first receive the gift of peace. Which means, church family, we need to give Jesus priority right now, every day, especially through this Christmas season. I invite our, our praise team to, to come up as we sing our closing hymn. It's hymn 466. It's not a Christmas hymn, but certainly is a hymn regarding peace, wonderful peace. And as we sing this song, 
as we sing this song, many of you know the, the words that will be on the, the screen, but you can look it up in your hymn book as well, 466. As we sing this song, if you need peace in your life, I encourage you to come forward and let's form another garden of prayer. If you have a heavy burden that you need like never before, God's peace gifted into your life, you want his deposit of peace in your life, come down. As we sing this hymn, we'll go ahead and stand. Let's stand together and sing this hymn. Come down. Let's sing this hymn. We want to pray for you. If you have somebody that needs peace, come down. Join it for prayer. Let's sing.